Hey guys, it's me again, and welcome to the This Is My Moment podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Mitchell. And you know, here at This Is My Moment, we love having a good time, we love meeting people, and we love to smile. Let's go get it. There ain't no stopping it. This is my moment. Uh, join the movement. We bringing people together, bringing positivity, making changes for the better. Cause it's all about growth. Today, I got a I got a guy that I can't wait to hear his story. I'm researching this young man and I see all kind of stuff I want to ask about. Let's just get to it. Introduce yourself to the family. All right. My name is Danny Colby. I'm a marketer, graphic designer, video producer, oh. art teacher. Um, I'm the husband to a smoking hot wife named Carly. There you the father, I'm the father of three amazing kids and the survivor of eight heart surgeries. Well, I'm going to tell you first off, congratulations. Marriage is good. Kids was good. But um, I want to talk about the heart surgeries, brother. Yeah. I'm researching. Man, I'm researching and I'm looking, right? And I'm like, first off, how? Second off, he's blessed. Third off, I want to talk to the guy so I can hear. Tell me about the eight, man. I'll start off with a quote that uh, I read. And the quote is by Richard Paul Evans. And he says, usually life's greatest gifts come wrapped up in adversity. Hmm. And that has been true for me. So when I was born, uh, about a year, when I was about a year old, I fainted. My parents didn't know what was wrong. They took me to the hospital yeah. and doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong. They knew something that I had fainted. They revived me. But this happened probably about six or seven times. My parents went to doctor after doctor to try and figure out what was wrong. Yeah. The 11th doctor finally said, hey, there's something wrong with your son's heart. Yeah. So I had a diagnostic surgery done when I was about 16 months old. And then they discovered I had severe problems with my aortic valve and my mitral valve. Yeah. So I was then flown across the country. I live in Canada. We were flown to Toronto and I was taken to Sick Kids Hospital. And they did what was at the time a very experimental surgery. And mm -hmm. I had less than a 20% chance to live, but they did surgery and they performed open heart surgery on me when I was about 18 months old. That's when deep. Oh, yeah. Man. So that's when uh, really the, the, the story, the nightmare, the challenge for my parents really began. Yeah. So I grew up seeing scars on my chest and on different parts of my body. I didn't know how they got there. I'd heard stories. Yeah. But it wasn't until I was about eight years old that I started having problems again. I was fainting, couldn't breathe, couldn't catch enough air. Yeah. And so I had a second small exploratory heart surgery, and they determined that my aortic valve, the mm -hmm. the, the opening was very narrow, and they we're going to have to do surgery again and try and open it up. So this would have been 1985. Yeah. I had my second open heart surgery when I was eight. And so that went okay. Um, it fixed the immediate problem, but they knew there were still problems. Yeah. I had another surgery when I was 12. Goodness. Again, to try and balloon my aortic valve. Yeah, yeah. 
And that surgery, um, again, it bought me some time, but there were, there were changes coming. So when I was 14, I had another exploratory surgery and then they realized like, this is, this is a serious problem. It's not going away. Yeah. And this is this is the the surgery that I remember remember the most that left a huge impact on me. Yeah. Um, they actually, and, and you got to remember, I'm a I'm a teenager. Yeah, yeah, of course. So they actually cut out my valve and put in a mechanical valve when I was 14. Wow. So in my mind, I'm like Darth Vader. Now yeah. I'm a, now I'm a machine. I'm a cyborg. Yeah. But I but I had this this valve put in and. It nearly killed me. I had excessive bleeding. I almost died on the operating table. And so um, a lot of, lot of prayer, a lot of um, good move. vibes, a lot of hope. And uh, I came through the surgery, obviously, spoiler alert. Yeah. And, then, uh, and then life was good. Yeah. yeah. Um, wow. Around when I was, and then lastly, when I was around age 40, yeah. I started having some problems again. Yeah. I noticing it was hard to breathe, hard to do yeah. daily activities. And they discovered that my aortic arch had enlarged and it was massive. Yeah. So I had surgery in 2017 and that surgery, my as soon as they opened me up, my aortic arch burst. Wow. And I basically had an aortic aneurysm right on the table. And that surgery was... Um, my surgeon told me you shouldn't be alive. Like it's, it's, it's a miracle that you're alive. His words. Yeah. I believe in it. Yeah. So I came through that and uh, here I am talking to you today. um, Eight surgeries later. So. So it sounds like we're about the same age. I'm 45. How old are you? 46 going strong. It's uh, it sounds like we're about the same age. So before I ask you this next question, man, you're a walking miracle, brother. It ain't no question. Yeah. Ain't no question. 20% chance as a baby. Yeah. Another one at 14 and another one at 40, man. You here for something. Yep. Keep keep doing it, man. That's that's a blessing, no question. What are you doing with the blessing? You're here. Yep. You've been given these 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 days. You've been given these extra summers after all of that. What are you doing with your summers, man? What are you doing with this, this blessing that's that has been placed upon you, man? So you said it. I'm, and I believe this. I'm here for a reason. So, and because of that, I'm not a victim. There's been parts of my life that have been really bad, very difficult. Yeah. And I have tried never to focus on the why me because you'll never get an answer. Yeah. yeah. I've instead tried to focus on what is. What is this problem teaching me? What is there for me to learn? Yeah. And so because I do believe there is purpose in my suffering, suffering is a human universal. Everyone suffers. I've suffered. You'll suffer. If you haven't today, you will down the road. And so what do you do with that? Mm. And so to answer your question, I I love quotes. So I'm going to answer your question with a quote. Give it to Another quote. And that quote is, one day you will tell the story of how you've overcome what you're going through now, and it will become part of someone else's survival guide. Mm-hmm. And the first time I read that, it man, I was almost in tears because awesome. I realized I'm going through these hard things because someday someone else will go through hard things, and I need to be able to help them 
yeah. walk through their difficult path. I've been getting a lot of quotes over these last past months, and that's the first one that I've heard like that. That's, I'm telling you, we used to say it in, uh, in the military, man, that's worth to live by, brother. <laughs> that that cut, that cut me deep literally like when i heard that i'm like yeah you you don't ask why you just find somebody to help when you were down right and you were at your lowest points in all these times man especially when you start to realize you're old enough to realize what what was going on how did you pick yourself back up how did you stay motivated cuz i'm gonna tell you what man a lot of uh, a, a lot of people probably would have gave up i mean like it's not a question uh, resiliency and the the fortitude to, to to be great and to move on and to fight through that is is not found in everyone. What did you do to stay positive? I'm gonna say it's it's gonna sound cliche, but I had faith. Mm. I had faith in God. Yeah, and sometimes faith is just stubborn. Like faith is just like I don't care how bad things get. I'm just going to get through the next 20 minutes, the next hour, the next day, the next week. And it was just that refusal to quit and just refuse to see myself as a victim, a victim of poor genes, poor health, bad luck, whatever. And it just really taught me, man, you got to really fight for your health and fight for what you want. Um, and I think I really learned that from my parents. My parents, like I mentioned, went to 11 different doctors yeah. and they just didn't take no for an answer. They knew something was wrong. Yeah. And when they didn't get the answers that they thought were satisfactory, they went on. And that's something that they've imposed to me. I've had uh, physicians tell me, well, you're going to have to be on these medications for life. Mm. And I say, no, I don't want to be on those. I want to get off those. Yes. Um I got into martial arts despite everything that I've had happen. And they said, you'll never do that. And I've literally been watching YouTube clips with my cardiologist saying, this is what I want to do. Can I please do this? Yeah. And I've had to fight for it. Yeah. And I think that's how you get through. You just, you have faith. You just do not quit despite what looks like an impossible situation in front of you. That's solid. And you you talked about it. That's my very next question, man. So it's, it says that you were they were you were told that you physically couldn't excel. Like you were you were just maxed out. But then you went and got a black belt in jujitsu. I'm gonna say this. I'm a sports guy and I love being active, man. I like going out there. But if I'm not mistaken, a black belt means you had to go through other belts to get that. If I'm not mistaken. Yep. Brother, they told you no. You said no. Yes. <laughs> Why jujitsu? And what? What? Man, what pumped you up enough to be like? You know what? I'm not listening to this. This is what I want to do. I'm gonna do it. Good luck. Jujitsu first, and what motivated you to, to 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 keep going to to that? So as a kid, <clears throat> like I I grew up and I I joke I never knew my gym teacher. Yeah, I wasn't the kid that was picked last on the team. I just wasn't even on the field. (laughs) And so as a as a kid, I would, you know, I'd sit and I'd watch Jackie Chan, Bruce Mm. Lee, Samo, all these guys do amazing stuff. Oh, man. And I think because I'd been so vulnerable that there was a part of me that wanted that agency to take charge and do something. Yeah. 
And so when I was after my third open heart surgery and I had a mechanical valve, suddenly as a teenager, I've got better health. And so now I can test my limits, push my limits, find my limits. Yes. And it was awesome for me. It was terrifying for my parents. Oh, I bet that. No question. (laughs) So again, like once I got into my late teens, early 20s, life happened. I I started going to college, got married. Then in my 30s, I thought, you know what? I've had this passion, this dream to do this impossible thing. Yeah. And part of it is just to say, you're a heart patient. You can't do this. And that's part of why I'm like, watch. Yeah. Yeah. So I had, I started jujitsu when I was in my 30s. Yeah. And I'd gotten all the way up to Brown. Okay. How many, and how many is brown? I, I'm not familiar. How many? So in our system, there's white, yellow, orange, green, purple, Goodness. blue, brown. Goodness. And at my brown belt, that's when I had my aortic aneurysm. Yeah. And that's when I had to stop. Okay. And part of what motivated me to get better was just keeping my eyes like, I'm just that one step away from that belt. So it was hard. There were days it felt impossible. Like I'm shuffling, I'm hunched over. I can hardly breathe. And I'm like, got to get, got to train to get that black belt. And man, 20 months later, I did my black belt test. It was a five hour test. Good. I passed. And I, I, the thing I I wanted, I didn't want to have special treatment. I wanted to earn that thing. Yeah. And so it was earned, not given. Yes, sir. And that was probably one of the proudest days in my life, just to be able to earn that despite the obstacles. Ooh. I'm going to tell you what. I, like, when, when you started naming off the colors, I'm like, man, that's that's about five or six steps that this cat had to go through. That's just to get to Brown. And then a five-hour mm-hmm. lesson after 20 months for – brother, you put in, you put it in. You 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 had uh I'm I'm gonna use one of your one of one of your karate quotes, man. You had the eye of the tiger, brother. <laughs> you were locked in. It part of it was just I, I don't know if you're this way. I I don't like asking for permission. Oh yeah, no I'd way. rather ask for forgiveness. Oh yeah. And so part of it was, man, if you've got this health, if you if you can do this, mm-hmm. then do it, do it. Yeah. And none of my doctors were in favor of it. I wasn't, and I should back up. I wasn't being reckless. I wasn't being stupid. Um, There were tournaments I didn't participate in. I did everything but full contact, but I showed up, put in the work. And part of it was just to say, can I actually do this? Can I test and push myself? And man, that victory was all the sweeter because of everything behind it. I bet that. I bet that with your jujitsu, with your surgeries, did you have a support system? You know what I mean? Like, did you have people there that was uh, by your side, good, bad, your your days you couldn't get up, the days that it was really bad? How important was those people to you until you getting better? How, How important was that? Yeah, 100%. Uh, my parents have been with me through every surgery every single one and and 
growing up, a lot of kids have conflict with their parents or, you know, they rebel. I always knew my parents were there for me. Yeah. And they literally from almost day one till now, they've been with me through everything. My last surgery, my wife, my kids, they're teenagers now. They braved this with me. They were my support group through this with yeah. me. And my kids saw their dad go through something hard. Yeah. And they were there to encourage me. My wife watched me fight to get a black belt. She was there with me. They're my cheerleaders, my fans. And now I look at it. They now have a reference point for when they go through hard things. Yes. Yes. And you know what's funny, man? And it's if they see their dad, right? And their dad is going through something that they have no idea how hard it is, how life-threatening, how their dynamic can change for something that they have no control over. And then the moment that they go through something, right? And they're like, you know what? Dad did something way harder than this. I can make it because I saw my dad make it. And if I'm hearing you correctly, and if I'm wrong, please tell me, the way that your parents have been there for you, I would pretty much believe that if when your kids go through their time, you're going to probably be there the same kind of way because you know yep. how important it was to have those people pushing you, riding you, wanting for you. Am I, am I pretty close? Yep. You're spot on, man. Um, oh. My oldest son, my oldest son last year was diagnosed with type one diabetes. Yeah. And rather than being upset, yeah. rather than getting upset, he's like, what do I need to do? Yeah. And within within three months, he got everything regulated. He got mm-hmm. everything figured out. What to do with his diet? What to what to do with his exercise? How to regulate his insulin? And his doctors told him like normally it takes people months or years to get this figured out. Yeah. And I asked him. I said, "Why? How did you adjust?" He's like, "I watched you." He says, "What's the point of feeling sorry for yourself for for months or weeks on end?" He's like, "You just got to accept it and move on and deal with it." And I love that that my kids have learned that. So yes, uh, and you know what's funny? I'm a, I'm a dad too, man. I got three kids, man. And a lot of times, I always talk to my wife about it, like, are the kids listening? You know what I mean? Like you you talk to them, and, yeah. and you understand that they're kids. And, and a lot of times, as a parent, you think that they zone you out. But it'd be those moments when they say something that you instilled in them, right? You like, eh, maybe you was listening a little bit. And, and, and you know what's funny, man? It makes me smile when my kids do it to me, man. And I can't imagine you not smiling when your son told you that. And you told you know what? You got it. Man, good yeah. for you, man. I, you, you smiling. So I know you I know you had the conversation with him. <laughs> we've we've had a lot of conversations. It's it's been good. You you gotta love that. I'm looking at you. And I saw something called dandy rents. Is that a thing? Oh, uh, it's a it was a thing. Yes, yes. What is it? So, uh, oh, short rundown. Dandy rents was a short-lived YouTube series where I'd ask people online, I'd ask family, friends, anyone tuning in online, mm-hmm. um, ask me a question, ask me about anything. Yeah. And then a week later, I'd produce a video and give them an answer. And it was just a fun, for me, it was a fun way just to interact and just create centers of interest with people, interact with people in a unique way. 
um, I don't like being the center of attention, but I love creating the center of attention. I love making something that people laugh at, get excited about, find joy in. I love doing that. And Danny Rance was the perfect opportunity to do that. We're not doing that no more. I haven't done it for a few, probably a few years. Uh, surgery, yeah. getting cool. a black belt, that stuff like that get, got kind of crowded it out. Yeah. But it's been, uh, I've had many people ask me about it. Like, hey, when are you going to start it up again? And we loved it. So it's, 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 it's back here. It just needs to get out here again. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, you just, um, you just got one more person that asking you to start it. So I do research and I go back, right? Because I want to, I want to try to give my, give my knowledge up. And I'm looking at this thing, man. I'm like, man, this cat is answering the craziest questions. And the answer, <laughs> <laughs> the answers I'm looking at, I'm like, well, mm, I want to know. And I, and I, and I, and I started researching further. That's when I found all the other stuff, but I wanted to ask you, man, like, how crazy is it to to not be the center of attention and to give people those <laughs> those crazy answers to those crazy questions, man? How, how did you feel doing that stuff, man? I loved it because it was fun. Like sometimes you answer and you give an honest answer. Sometimes you just give a crazy answer. Yeah. Um, I got my cousin involved. His name was Jim. Yeah. And for the sake of the show, I called him Michigan Jim, <laughs> and I love. I love the fact that he's flying across the U.S. Okay. He gets off of a plane and he's walking off the plane and somebody says, hey, that's Michigan Jim. <laughs> somebody had seen this dumb YouTube series. Yeah. Remembered him. And, yeah. and he's being like, what are the odds of this that I'm flying across the country and people are recognizing me? So I thought that was pretty funny, but it's, it's it's a blast for me just to kind of like watch things take a life of their own and then you just sit back and you watch. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, this is cool. This is cool. Like what you're doing with the podcast, right? Like yeah. you're creating this thing and it's like a focal point for people to rally around. Yeah. Like I'm a smiler, man. Like I'm I try to live every day because I the older I get, right, the more I realize I'm running out of summers. You know what I mean? And yeah. and I don't know how many days I have left on the books. And if anybody knows that, I'm talking to the guy that knows it. So with me, man, I try to live every day like to the fullest because when I go, I want to make sure that the message I sent, that's my legacy. It's not how much money I leave. It's not how many materialistic items that my family gets or my, 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 my kids get or I donate to people. My legacy is how many people I reach with my message that helps change their lives and then the residual effect of me impacting one person's life, man. And I and I think that's the more that I age, the more that I realize that I need to start taking advantage of those summers, man. And and part of that is starting this show, right? And and having yeah. these conversations with people that I don't know. And we're sitting on here and we're laughing and, and we just had a dad moment, you know what I mean? And and those are the things that I gravitate towards to make Patrick feel good and put that positivity back into the world, man. So congratulations, yeah. man. And, and I hope to see more of that when you get a chance, please put out an episode for me. I appreciate it. I will, I will do that. <laughs> so here's the deal though. At the end of sure. every show, 
at the end of every show, I have a word association game. I don't, let, right. I don't let any of my guests off the hook. You have to choose one or two, or you have to give me one. Like, it's it's just that kind of deal. All right? All first, right. first question. You have one thing to tell someone that's going through something that you went through. You only can tell them one thing. What do you tell them? I'm going to do a little bit of show and tell here. Go ahead. I'm going to show you what I tell them, and then I'm going to tell you what I tell them. Do your thing. That means never quit. And that's all I'd tell people. Yeah. Don't give up. Don't quit. Yeah. Don't give in. That's heavy, man. That's heavy. Second one, the one thing that you've learned your 46 years on earth, the one thing that you learned not to take for granted. I think that's an easy one for me. It's man, it's your health. Mm. It's it's your health. It's like, even if you've got bad health, yeah. there's something to be thankful for. And you know what's funny, man? I talk all the time about people that you have wealth, right? And you have all these things. But without health, none of that means anything. No. None of it means nothing. You can go out there and make a billion dollars. But if you're in the hospital... And you can't spend it with the people that you made it for. What is mm-hmm. it? What is it? Brother. Unreachable. Last one. I give you the phrase, this is my moment. First thing comes to your mind. Use it. Mm. Look for an opportunity. Use it. If you don't see something, work harder. <laughs> Look <Ooh>. harder. <laughs> Brother. Like we've got moments right now. <laughs> Grab it. Use it. Find it. Do it. I knew I was going to like this one. (laughs) Danny, you are done. That's it, brother. This was awesome, man. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure hearing your story. It was a pleasure hearing your resiliency. And I wish you nothing but future success, man. And, and, Keep being a, a positive influence on your children, man. Keep being there for your wife, man, because I'm going to tell you what. And I know for a fact that once you get above 45, man, everything is everything's a blessing, man. And you knew from an early age, man, that life and time is a blessing. And we can never get more summers. So keep, keep, keep using your summers in a manner that when it's time to lay down, when they look at it, they say he did his yep. thing. He did his thing, man. Yep. So I'm super proud 100%. of it. Thank you for being on the show. Hey, guys. Danny said it, man. Refuse to quit. Fight for what you want. It's okay to be aggressive in your dreams. It's okay if someone tells you no to tell them, you know what? Nah, I can do it. And then you know what? Go do it. Go get it! There ain't no stopping it. This is my moment. Uh, join the movement. We bringing people together, bringing positivity, making changes for the better. Cause it's all about growth, all about success. We wanna see you rise, wanna see.